Yo, this is Sam's Sports Podcast. It is Saturday, April 23rd, 2016. And I'm very, 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 very excited to welcome on a very good friend of mine, someone you might know from some film and television work. You know, movie that's out in the movie theaters right now called Barbershop, The Next Cut. You might have also seen him in Pitch Perfect, Ride Along 2, Mindy Project, The Muppet Show on ABC. If you got HBO Go, you should check out Rocket Science. He's in that movie. Yeah, he's doing all kinds of stuff. He also has some freestyle talents that can be seen in Freestyle Love Supreme. Or why don't you go on iTunes and check out his podcast, Let's Talk About Me, Baby. Good, good friend of mine, classmate from acting school, if you can believe that. The incredible, the amazing Utkarsh Ambudkar Utkarsh, welcome to the show. Oh man, what an introduction! That was uh, that was a great way to start my day. Thank you. Dude, it is my absolutely my pleasure. It's the least I could do since you're coming on the show with us. Oh man, I haven't seen your beautiful face in I don't know how long, man. So I'm very excited that you have this new radio show, and uh, basically we get to do what we did for. Uh, most of our friendship, which is just... Am I allowed to curse? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, just talk shit about basketball. Absolutely. I mean, that. Um, that's awesome. That's the best part about a... It's the best part about a friendship is talk... It's someone... You, when you find a person who truly enjoys talking shit about basketball, then you know you found a good friend forever. Oh, yeah, my man. Mm. I'm a fiend. You know, I was spent most of college in some sort of haze or another, induced by uh, extracurricular activities, <laughs> and I think I missed like so much of. I missed like all of Iverson's prime in the mid aughts. I missed like Ray Allen being on the Supersonics. <laughs> I missed like Michael Finley, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Mavericks. I missed that like. I think I even missed the beginning of the seven seconds or less era. There was like five years there where basketball was not a priority, but you were my uh, tether to the game, so to speak, during those times. Well, uh, I'm glad I could be that because uh, for me personally, I, I almost kind of I kind of stepped away from basketball a little bit the last couple of years. In some ways, you know, I needed to kind of get back into it recently myself and uh you know, it's it was good the last couple of years that I had a, a few people in my life who were keeping me abreast of what was going on and, you know, keeping me in the loop on the, the you know, Derek Rose's injuries, you know, Pau Gasol, you know, kind of getting rejuvenated with Chicago. You know, it's like, listen, that's the best part about this game is that uh, it doesn't truly go away. You know, we might go away from it, but it's always still there for us. Yeah, thank God for that, man, because I'm a basketball fanatic Well, I can, at this stage. Well, I can tell you right now, it's a good time to be a basketball fanatic. Let's jump right into it. I want to talk about Steph Curry and the Warriors. Number one, Utkarsh, tell me what your feeling was about them this season, about winning 73 games, and then also, you know, why don't we segue right into what's happening right now with Steph Curry and this injury in the first round? Tell me, just give me some thoughts about the Warriors and Steph Curry. Oh, man. I don't like the Warriors. Ooh. I mean, I, but, you know, this is just who I am. Like, I, I consistently, I'm a nostalgic person. I am why young sports fans hate old sports fans. <laughs> like, um, I definitely just think 
that if this was 1998 and there was no hand check, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen would run shot on the NBA. I mean, any of those players would. If Clyde Drexler had no hand check and he could just put his hands down and do that fingertip dribble to mm-hmm. the to the paint, yeah. like Charles, like the fact that these guys averaged twenty six to thirty points with guys hanging onto them, yeah, is unbelievable. Now that being said, the scores to most of those games in the late nineties were in like the low eighties, sometimes seventies yeah. and sixties. They were so slow and plodding. Mm-hmm. So in retro, in retrospect, we were so excited about a game that was so defense oriented that it probably was really ugly to watch for a lot of basketball purists. Sure, but so we're we're you know with Mike D'Antoni's uh, sons, the seven seconds or less, he sort of changed the NBA. Uh, also, like uh, the, the Olympic basketball, I think the way the Europeans played really changed how we look at the game. And now you have much higher scores to wider game it's, mm-hmm. it's faster it's quicker it's mm-hmm. certainly a lot smaller the big man has a different role that being said watching the warriors win 73 games didn't come on man like uh, why can't the bulls still have that record <laughs> like, that's how i feel steph curry's a video game i saw them play the clippers this year in los angeles um he is a singular singular talent it's like a transcendent the way that that guy can shoot the ball you know some people say he's the greatest shooter ever already i don't i don't know about that i don't know about that he's a he's an amazing shooter i don't know if i'm going to call him the best shooter ever i mean maybe at his size he's the best but i look at steph curry and like i the player that i think of the most uh which probably a lot of people won't is mark price Mm. uh Mark Price had like a three or four year stretch where he was, if not the best, one of the top three best point guards in the league. Mm -hmm. He was the first guy to split a double team. He was a 50-40-90 guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But man, maybe he wasn't as quick as Steph. He Mm -hmm. was pretty fast, though, before his knees got all messed up. Yeah. But look, you got to go into the future. I know I got to accept it. (laughs) All right. Steph. They won. They, they've got the record. But it was so sweet watching Kobe Bean Mamba Bryant take 50 freaking shots. Oh, my God. And just steal their thunder on scoring 60 points in his last game. What an asshole. I mean, oh, <laughs> that was so cool. That was so cool. How gangster is that? Michael Jordan played year 76ers in his last game. Um and I think he scored like 12 points. Yeah. I don't know how many shots he took, but he was like, you know what, dude, I'm done. Yeah. But Kobe, but that pisses me off too, because I want to go back and be like, I bet you Michael Jordan was like, I should have taken 50 shots in my last game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very indicative of Kobe, who Kobe is, his legacy, how he approaches all of this, that, you know, of course, in their last game, Everyone's just like get the get out of the way, give them the ball. Let I mean they they kept saying it was like the '60s all over again because back then you had a couple, you had Wilt taking 50 shots a game, and I mean to see them just getting out of his way and letting him shoot. And I watched that game. Um, actually, I had a I had the Warriors game on one TV, and then I had like an iPad next to me with the Kobe game on, and I had to switch the games at one point because the Warriors game was just a blowout, and the Kobe game was like amazing because he just 
You know, the beginning of the game, he looked kind of cold. You know, he, he went in, took a few shots, didn't really hit anything. And it's kind of like, oh, Kobe, it's it's just, we'll, we'll miss you. And then, you know, Black Mamba came out and just started stroking a few threes. And then at, at the end of the game... It was a real game. I mean, they, they were they were in it. They were losing by 12. He brings them all the way back. I mean, that's when it turned into, like, real magic, when it's like not only is he scoring 60, but he's winning this game on, on you know, on jet fumes alone. Uh, I mean, I loved it. It was – I love that that's how Kobe goes out. And that's also – that's Kobe for you, man. You know, Kobe's not a friendly guy, man. He's there to beat you. And, uh, you know, he definitely had fun on that on that last night. Yeah, man, it was it was a lot more interesting than watching the Warriors win seventy three. That's for sure. Yeah, they just they blew out that Grizzlies team. I mean, the thing I would say about the Warriors winning seventy three is there was a handful of games this season where it was pretty skeptical whether they should have won. You know, I mean, even a few nights before they had beat they beat the Grizzlies on the last night of the season, but they had played the Grizzlies like a week prior, and they nearly lost. They beat them by one point. And they nearly lost that game. There was like two Lance Stevenson shots with five seconds left where he was fouled on each shot and there was no calls and, you know, the buzzer hits and the Warriors win. But I'm sitting here going, hmm, you know, they could have easily called that foul. He goes to the free throw line, Warriors lose the game, you know. And I can think of three other games where they, you know, had to do miraculous stuff just to win at the last second or squeak out a win against Utah in overtime. So... I mean, I guess that's what comes along with winning 73 games. you got to have a little luck. Luck and also, you know, they're, they're a really good team, man. Yeah. They have great chemistry. And yeah. They've, they've got a courage under fire mentality that's hard not to respect. And they've got the, the best shooter in the game. Yeah. And they've got the second best shooter in the game. Yeah. And they got a player in Draymond Green. That's basically what every freaking team wishes they had. Yeah, who they got in the uh, second round. Yeah, they've got the they've got like an actual stretch four playmaker mm-hmm. who's a triple double machine. Who's also who's also the only one of his kind. So they yeah. have the two best shooters and plus the future of the league, of which there's just one the one prototype now. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's the closest thing I can think of to Draymond Green right now. I don't know if Kawhi can guard fours. You know who is kind of, I don't want to say a poor man's Draymond because he was so good this season, and I don't think people really gave him much credit, hmm. was uh, Mar- Marvin Williams from the Charlotte Hornets. Dude, I was no. just listening to a podcast where they were talking about Marvin Williams is the ultimate, like, sneaky great player who no one's talking about. Dude, that motherfucker. Oops. That's okay. Uh, that dude, I had him in my fantasy league this year. Yo. Yeah. He, he shoots the three. He shoots the three. He blocks shots. He rebounds. He'll give you between, you know, shooting. He's a streaky shooter because I think it all depends on how Kemba's doing. You know, if Jeremy Lin gets hot. Yeah. She, Nicholas Batum. There's a lot of there's a lot of shots that distribute. I think based on the temperature of the game. So mm-hmm. he's not like guaranteed shots, but he'll give you between like twelve between twelve and thirty points, yeah. depending. That dude was a fantasy stud for me. Yeah, 
also also a sleeper stud for me was uh, Matt Barnes, but he was sort of like he was like the Draymond Green type before Draymond Green showed up. Mm. Like him, Jared Dudley, yep. all those guys were, were like, "Yo, these dudes can play power forward." And then Draymond Green showed up, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, shit, we can't do it. We we <laughs> can't do what he's doing." Yeah, because he's so big and he's so uh, like physically intimidating yeah. and just just ugly. Just an ugly looking guy. And he's younger but, than all of them too. Yeah. He's he's just he's a mean mugging dude. I mean I, I kinda feel like, you know, I, I really feel I mean, CJ McCollum on the Trailblazers won most improved player of the year this year, but I really feel like Steph Curry was close to winning most improved player of the year this I really think we have not seen the best out of Curry, Clay Thompson, or Draymond Green yet? Like I, I don't know how that's possible. I know. I don't. Know. How can Steph Curry improve on uh, thirty points a game? Oh. I don't know how many assists he has. I, I should pull it up right now. Over basketball. Over four hundred three pointers in a single season. I mean, yeah. and and I think on, the most recent on, record was was his record. So he's shooting. He shot four hundred and something three pointers on like at like a forty six percent clip, which is unreal. Unreal. Ninety percent, ninety percent from the free throw line. Like, how do you top it? Maybe next year. I mean, could he average thirty five? I mean, I don't. Could he average thirty points in tennis? Like, what? Could he step his rebound game up? Like, what can he do better? That's that's sort of like what um, you know what I'm asking myself in terms of. Where he's at in the playoffs, his ankles. You know, I think I think if they're playing the Spurs, he's playing. Yes. But that Rockets team is such a joke. They're garbage. And, like, garbage. Dude, the end of the game the other day, Ooh. James Harden. First of all, the NBA, it doesn't matter. It happened. It happened. It's, it's over. They the won the game. The, you can't turn back time. Yeah, it's fine. But, like, the end of the game rule where you're, like, looking at fingertips and fingernails on the ball, like, I don't know if you remember last year when Paul Pierce uh, made a three-pointer falling out of bounds to send a game into overtime against the Hawks. I remember. And then they took it away. Yep. Come on, dog. If this is, ni- if this is like, ten years ago, we go to overtime, we have an amazing series. Yeah. Instead, instead the fucking NBA takes my wizards out and one of, and Paul Pierce leaves and that's like his last great moment is a shot that didn't count. God. It's just not it's not good. It's, I, I mean I don't personally like that. And it's not good entertainment. Like the fans are like, come on man, I wanna see that. But um yeah for sure man. And it, but in terms of uh these Rockets team, like you saw Harden hit that game winner and the bench there's two angles here. The bench looked like they did not care at all. Sure. Like they literally, they looked like they were angry. They like looked, it, Howard, it looked like cold-blooded, but at the same time, maybe not. Well, it looked like Dwight, Dwight Howard was like, oh man, I was really hoping I wouldn't have to play another game with Houston Rockets. <laughs> it's like, damn it, now we got to fly back to Oakland again? Oh man, I was so ready to just take my jersey off and sell it on eBay. <laughs> To the lowest bidder. Um, or the angle is, is like, you gave the Warriors 2.3 seconds, and we've seen them do a lot more with a lot less. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I mean, it just, 
cynic or a ho- basically it just depends on whether or not you live in Houston. Um, <laughs> but but uh, that team just does not look like they like each other. No. It doesn't look like they enjoy playing basketball together. Um, Trevor Ariza, who's a really, really good player. And yep. I uh, a historically great teammate. Yep. Just looks like he's the only one out there who really has the combination of skill, effort, and passion. Like yeah. Patrick Beverly is all passion, but that guy's like a mosquito. Like you can't really rely on him to play to play great ball. Dwight Howard and you know his back is messed up, man. Yeah. Dwight Howard is not is not the player that he was and it's it's a shame because he those Orlando years you know, Shaq should have never. People should never leave Orlando. Yeah, Dwight shouldn't have left. Shaq shouldn't have left. Penny shouldn't have left. You know, Tracy McGrady is. Oh, I don't even want to get into Tracy McGrady. But <laughs> I think the Warriors really don't need Steph to win this series. They know it, and they'll rest him. I mean, they'll as long him. as they can. They're talking about he's coming back for Game Four, but I, you know. It, w- it showed itself in the last two games. I know they dropped game three, but the truth is they dropped it by a point and it was really a miracle. You know, James Harden went a little crazy at the end and was just like, I'm just going to try to yank this game away from them. But the truth is the Warriors were within striking distance because they've got, you know, you were saying they've they've got Thompson and Curry and Draymond. You know, the depth on their bench is is nothing to to sneeze at. I mean, you got Iguodala, you got Maurice Spates. I think led the team in scoring in Game Three. I mean, Sean yeah. Livingston. These guys are coming off the bench, and it's like there's some teams out there who would love Sean Livingston, who would love Leandro Barbosa. I mean, and these guys are just the fill-ins who are who are the B team. Well, it's it's really cool. I mean, Iguodala is a former All Star Olympian. Mm-hmm. Um, Easily could have been defensive player of the year. Yeah. Um, Easily could have been sixth man of the year. Right, right. I think he came second in voting. You Mm -hmm. have Sean Livingston, who is like probably one of the most inspirational stories in the NBA. Absolutely. Um, After that knee injury, I never thought he'd come back. Yeah, man. But the cool thing is about Livingston is he's got a real throwback game, and you see that he's doing it with Beverly. Like, Livingston does this a lot, and it reminds me of um, those 90s Bulls teams Mm-hmm. Uh, he if he gets a uh, a small guy on him, he's going into the post and yeah. he's putting work in. Yeah, and he's gonna he will he's one of the few players in the league who still operates in that like ten to 20, 25 foot area. Yeah, of uh, of the basketball court, which a lot of dudes, which basically doesn't exist anymore. I mean, the that's where the NBA's it's going away from that, and he is still. You said it. He's a product of that. He's a physical guy. He's got length. Yeah, man, they got Barbosa, former Sixth Man of the Year. I yeah. mean, that's almost ten years ago now, but 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 yeah, a man. member of the nine seconds or less Suns team. Seven, but yeah, close. S- excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, dude, they're gonna run the table. I don't think anyone has a chance of beating them. No, I, I can. I mean, ma- listen, that Spurs. I mean, I hope. Hope to God that Spurs Warriors series happens. I don't want to have some weird freak where you know somebody upsets one of these teams because I want to see Spurs Warriors Western Conference Finals. That's going to be the series to watch. Yeah, Spurs Warriors. I take OKC Warriors. Um, okay. I don't know who they're playing in the next. Like how the the matchups shake out. I should probably know that. It's actually but. it's it's pretty defined. It's always like. 
the 1-8 will play the winner of the 4-5. So the Warriors are going to play either the Trailblazers or the Clippers. And the Spurs are going to play either the Thunder or the Mavericks. Right. Well, then... Well, that's going to be the Thunder. I mean, that'll def- that definitely means that unless things change, you're going to see the Thunder and uh, the Spurs going head-to-head next round. Jesus H. Macy. Yeah, exactly. I think that's going to be the most fun series because I just don't – I don't know for seven games if the Spurs can run with the Warriors. The Spurs have so many guys who I've never heard of before. Boban, the dude with the huge ears. That dude has got touch, bro. That yes, he does. reminds me of, like – uh, George Mirasan with a little bit of with, with like more of a jump shot like, with that European that man's game that game where he can stroke it from three he's got really soft hands I saw them play the Clippers this year and I was like who is this giant Frankenstein looking dude with the soft touch dude the Spurs um, Spurs know where to find him man yeah man uh, but yeah the Warriors will probably win I think Steph is just resting because the Rockets are like the Rockets. not a real basketball. Yeah, they're not a real basketball team right now. I mean, it really it really shows you how quickly a team can fall off a cliff cuz this Rockets team, you know, they weren't I mean, they were pretty good last year. They had the pieces. They had, you know, the Josh Smith and the Corey Brewer. It, it's essentially the same team, but you said it, man, one year later you know, Josh Smith isn't as effective. James Harden comes in a little out of shape. Dwight Howard I is, I mean, he, he, Dwight Howard is, I mean, it's, it's, it shows you how quickly the NBA can sort of be cruel to players like that. No, I mean, yeah, I suppose, but it's, it's James Harden is the, I mean, James Harden is number two in MVP voting last year. Yeah. Um, everyone knows at this point, that follows basketball, that he took the summer off yeah, and kicked it with a, a family that is not to be named. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, he came in out of shape, and the number two MVP candidate ends up, you know, he, he I think he ended second in the league scoring, but, mm-hmm. you know, he deteriorated sort of back to his, what we... Um, how we think about him defensively. I yeah. think last year he he had gained a little bit of uh, our respect, which he, man, that dude does not play defense. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. at this point, it's just boring to talk about because it's so egregious that there's no analysis or intelligent conversation you can have about it. It's just like, that dude sucks at defense, and he doesn't try, and it's apparent to anyone watching. And I think more so to, specifically to his team, man. That that has got to affect the rest of the team when your superstar is not getting back on defense. Not getting back, he gets back, and then he lets guys go. It's almost like he's getting set up to have highlight videos of him not playing defense. Yeah. It's, it's really, really weird, man. I mean, you. Like, I, I think it goes back to coming in out of shape. Uh, I, I think that we can sit here and we can list off superstars who disappeared or fell off a cliff because they showed up one season out of shape. The first thing that's coming to my head is Sean Kemp, and I think we could go on and on and on. Oh, God, yeah, Sean Kemp. You know, it, and it's it's the it's a common tale, man. I mean, this is a 
this is a game which is very athletic, you know, and, and I think compared to many of the other major sports, you know, I would probably say hockey's maybe in there. You know, this game doesn't stop. You're going, you're playing offense, you're coming back on defense. You're playing offense, come back on defense. If you are one iota out of shape, you're not going to get minutes, and very, very quickly, you're going to go from being a superstar to, you know, being a joke. And I think we're seeing that a little bit with Harden. Now, listen, he could come back next season and actually be in shape, but, uh, I mean... why? Like, why live your life that way? I know. I, and like why why do anything in life like that, man? Why be great and then slack off? Yeah, and then be great and slack off. And you're not. It's like three steps forward, two steps back. Three steps forward, two steps back, and you break even. And here's the thing: that guy can put anybody in the blender. Yeah, he can cross. He can cross up anybody, and that's all herky jerky lateral movement. That's yeah. how he gets to the foul line. How the hell can he not move laterally when he's playing defense? Which yeah. is how you, why you know it's an effort thing. It's not intelligence because he's clearly a really gifted basketball player. Yeah. Um, but it's effort, and if that's your best player's effort, it's a wonder they even made the playoffs. And yeah. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't want them to. No, I me neither. I hope that they tear that team to the ground and uh, Dwight goes to back to Orlando. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd probably be a little nostalgic for him. He'd probably appreciate it, and it can't hurt going back to Florida and uh, you know paying with uh, playing with no state income tax coming out of your paycheck. Um, I wonder where I wonder what where Dwight would even fit in anymore. Like what he. I mean, I don't think he's going to get max money. No, he wants money. he wants a lot of money too. And I mean, I'm sorry, he's in the realm of Roy Hibbert right now. People don't want him. Yeah, because he doesn't have really he doesn't have the skills that today's NBA uh, covets. Yeah, he can't shoot. He's a liability at the free throw line. Like I just don't know. It's just sad, my friend. It's sad. Well, listen, it's it's a common tale to go from Superman to, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon on the Toronto Raptors. I mean, many of the great Ooh. centers have done that. I mean, do you, do yeah, you want to... Where did Patrick Ewing go? Was it the Sonics? He went to the Sonics, and then he ended his career with the Magic. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that sounds... I got a bad taste in my mouth just thinking about that. <laughs> Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's go to what do you think so far has been the best series in the playoffs? Like, what have you seen where you're like, you know what? This is actually really entertaining. Um, you know, the only one that's really making any noise is that Celtics-Hawks series. Yeah. To, which is about to become nothing because Isaiah Thomas slapped Dennis Schroeder in the face. Oh and now God. he's going to get a one-game one suspension, so... I really, really loved the Celtics this year. I had uh, Isaiah Thomas was my fantasy stud, and yeah. Avery Bradley was really, really great. Mm-hmm. Kelly Olynyk put, put in some great minutes earlier in the year, and Marcus Smart is like a real defensive player. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that series was exciting, and now it's not going to be. And then I think the other one, that I want to be exciting but isn't is uh, Miami and Charlotte. Yeah. I, I really wanted Charlotte to get out of the first round. I really like, you know, again, it's the Jordan connection. Plus, mm-hmm. I really like Marvin Williams. I like Jeremy Lin a lot. I like 
Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. Really, he was another guy who probably should have won most improved player this year. He could have easily. I mean, he he should be uh, – there's, there's just – the NBA is so stacked at the point guard position, but he could really win, like, third-team All-NBA the way yeah. he played this year. I mean, Charlotte really, really did a turnaround this year. And, you know, Steve Clifford did a great job coaching. Al Jefferson coming off the bench. You know, I like when they traded for Courtney Lee. Like, they've got a great team, but Miami, sneaky good. Excuse me, sneaky good. Dwayne Wade playing way better than I thought he was going to play this season. Luol Deng really playing well. And they're kind of doing all of this you know, even after not having Bosch. I mean, they're figuring out how to do this without Bosch. And Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, right. they went and picked up Joe Johnson. And, I mean, I can't say any of this without talking about Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he is a force. Yeah, man, that dude, that, that he's great, man. He's a good center. I mean, he has trouble with, I mean, he's young. Yes. Yeah. He has a huge upside. But, I mean, I don't know what's going on. Do you know anything about the Chris Bosch thing? Because I don't. He's like, so he, he had this blood clot issue last year where he was yeah. having blood clots and he couldn't play until they figured out exactly what was going on. Um, it pretty much flared up and came back right around the All Star break. And I don't think they wanted to publicize it that much. I didn't. I don't think they wanted to make a big deal out of it. And they were kind of like, uh, he's got some issues. We're working on it. And then, you know, they very quietly, those issues just lingered throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, he's sitting on the bench. He's in a suit. He's cheering. He's clapping. But I don't think he's anywhere close to coming back and playing. And the scary part is what does this mean for the rest of his career? Like, is he going to be able to even play next year? Like, does he come? Because this is the second straight season where he's had to sit out the playoffs because of this blood clot issue. Yeah, man, it's like, it's very scary, dude. Health is the most important thing. It just shows you, you know, it shows you the stuff is not guaranteed. So when you get it, like, lucky for him, he's already won two chips. You know, he could retire and, and be not like, really leave much. He could retire and yeah. just continue to polish his rings forever if he'd like. And, and of course, yeah. get a free drink anywhere he wants in Miami for the rest of his life. No doubt. I mean, <clears throat> and that's like a... He's like a creative dude and a smart dude, and he has a family, and he seems to be a really nurturing father and a great husband, and that's really what's important, you know, for him to be there for his family, and and uh, it just sucks, because with Bosch, that team really gives the Cavaliers a run for its money. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the team that's good. Right now, my opinion, the that Heat team is going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think they're going to meet the Cavs, and it's going to be... D Wade and LeBron button heads all over again. Yeah, yeah, but that Cavs team is like that Cavs team has got no problems. Their biggest opponent is themselves. Yes, you know, let's talk about them in this Pistons series right now. I think okay, so they're up three games on the Pistons. Pistons are young; they, they clearly have got a lot more growing to do. But this is the closest. 3-0 series I think I've ever seen. Now, they are really being tenacious and playing physical with this Cavaliers team. I watched last night's game. 
these guys are not backing down. Uh, Stanley Johnson, Marcus Morris, I mean, they're getting up in the Cavs' face. They hit LeBron a bunch of times last night, like got really physical with him. And the Cavs are the Cavs. They're doing exactly what they should be doing in round one against a crappy team. You know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love are scoring over 25 points a game. LeBron's doing his. I'm sure that's going to change when they get to some real competition. Um, but right now, uh, you know, I appreciate what Stan Van Gundy is doing with this young team because, you know, they could have just rolled over and, you know, they could have been like a, like a Grizzlies team. I mean, the Grizzlies are just – they're a shell of a team yeah. right now. Um, uh, it's really sad to watch. It's sad because they – I love the Grizzlies and I love their coaching. I love their staff. It's just – they're such a lame duck pl- uh, team right now because of those injuries. Yeah, you, you wish that, like, a, a Utah had gotten in instead of them. somebody who could compete. Yeah. Like, they, they just can't compete. When you have Matt Barnes taking 18, 19 shots a game, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, you got and Tony Allen is starting. You, you got um, Birdman is getting, you know, significant minutes on that Grizzlies team. They just, they just, have got, nobody's healthy. Well, yeah, man, you can't. You can't put a team of specialists out on the court and try and hope to beat the San Antonio Spurs or anyone for that matter. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if they could even beat the Sixers in a seven-game series right now. <laughs> oh my, Philadelphia 76ers. Do you have any thoughts on the Sixers? Like uh, anything, anything positive that you can think of regarding the Sixers? Oh man, this is a tough you know, question. <laughs> the Sixers. They have players who do certain things really well and then do other things just so badly that the things that they do well don't matter anymore. Very well put. Like, Ish Smith is a really, really good point guard who can get to the rack and who can distribute the ball. He was in the top 20 in assists. Uh, When he got to Philly, I think it even went up, and I really liked him as a player. But the dude shot like 20 he shot like 2% from the field. Yeah, he's not a good shooter. Like, not a good shooter is the nicest thing. Is so, such an understatement. <laughs> this dude is atrocious. I mean, he is taking 20 shots a game and making like four shots on not just one game, like every game. If he goes five for 16, you're like, oh, Ish had a good shooting game. And I know this. <laughs> I know this because I was a fan of his because I thought, oh, he's going to get to Philly. He's going to go into beast mode because he showed some promise um, earlier in the year with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I picked him up in my fantasy league. And, dude, my field goal percentage plummeted. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. But this is also like a guy who can get you 10 to 12 rebounds a game at his side. Mm-hmm. So if he, if he figures it out, I mean, Nerland's. Jabari, I don't know, dude. You have so many players who just, they just don't know what they're doing, man. And Brett Brown is not a bad coach. Brett Brown is a really good coach. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're screwed. I mean, I'm sorry, dude. I don't know what to tell you. You guys, you guys are effed. It's okay. I, uh, I, you're not alone. Um, I'm in a, I'm what, a one of many Sixers fans who are all thinking the same thing. What's up with Embiid? Is he even is he like ever going to play a basketball game? What's his story? Well, they're saying this, uh, you know, off season and even towards the end of the actual regular season, he was flying to this 
super nice like rehabilitation center in Qatar in the Middle East. Uh, and, you know, apparently, and he's from Cameroon, and I think he, his, his, the language he speaks the most is, um, French. So like he, you know, he enjoyed going there because I think everybody spoke French there and it's, you know, it's all this, it's all of the, you know, remember when Kobe got that like orthokine surgery on his knee in Germany? Yeah. Like this is the same doctors and, and, you know, specialists behind this rehabilitation center who did Kobe's knee. So there's, you know, there's this sense that the, the Sixers are, you know, in embracing cutting edge technology to try to make sure this rehabilitation goes properly. I mean, I think everyone's optimistic that he will play next season. You know, whether he is as good as advertised and ends up being the best player on the team. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, you know, we don't know if that's going to pan out. And in addition, is he going to be able to stay healthy? I mean, who's to say he doesn't fall into a Greg Oden injury spiral where, you know, he needs to go have another foot surgery in a year and a half and miss another season. You know, that could happen as well. So he hasn't played for two years now? Correct. He has sat out two straight years. Dude, you guys are screwed. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest so drama let, around... Let me ask you this. No, go ahead. Uh, because this is depressing. It sucks. And your listeners who are, I'm sure in and around the Philadelphia area don't want to hear this anymore. So let me ask you, let's do the, I'm going to ask you off the top of your head. Who are your favorite 76ers of all time? You can give me five. If, if you can, if you can make a list of five, all, um, all t- we're talking all time. Yeah. Like your personal favorites, the guys you loved. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say Allen Iverson. Um, I'm definitely going to say, you know, like a Dr. J. I'm going to say Charles Barkley is absolutely in there. Um, you know, uh, I would say, you know, I, Iguodala. I'm kind of partial to Iguodala. I don't, you know, I, listen, I could spew the names like the Wilt Chamberlains and the Moses Malones, but, you know, I wasn't really around for that. So, you know, I could also maybe even say a little something like, a, you know, like a Drew Holiday or a Lou Williams. I liked them when they were around. You know, and I, I do like, you know, Aaron McKee and Eric Snow, part of that championship team. Uh, but those are the guys I'm thinking of when I think of my, my top five. Those are horrible. Yeah. Those are, you failed. Yeah. Dude, number one on the list, Dana Barrows. Oh, come on. What? He listen. He I had mean, a great season with the Sixers, but I don't know if I can players. say Data Barros is ahead of Allen Iverson. Oh my God! I didn't say who's the best. I said who's my most favorite. Oh oh oh. Okay. Freaking Dana Barros, and then the guy who probably has the best nickname, forgotten nickname of any basketball player, Andrew Tony, the Boston Strangler. Oh yeah. <laughs> that dude gets just forgotten in the annals of history. He really, because it is amazing. He was on that Dr. J, Moses Malone team, like, but it's true. He really kind of gets forgotten on that team. Do you, do you remember when freaking Hersey Hawkins played for the Sixers? Oh yeah, man. Oh, I remember Hersey Hawkins. He was right around the Charles Barkley and, and Rick Mahorn came, was on the team for that, for a bit. Rick oh, Mahorn and yeah. Charles Barkley were thumping bump, man. <laughs> is that what they called 
They called him Thump and Bump. I think like my brother had like a, an old Sixers t-shirt with the two of them on it, sort of like slapping five, and it said like Thump and Bump. And I mean, I'll oh never my forget God. my dad telling me, he's like, Sam, Rick Mahorn has got the biggest ass in the NBA you've ever seen. Nobody <laughs> has got a bigger ass than this. It's like, just watch his, watch him use his ass when he like, <laughs> when he backs down in the paint. <laughs> it is absolutely true. If you ever see a pic- if you see a picture, you'll be like, "Damn, that guy's got a huge ass." Yeah, man, I I I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> um, thump and bump is funny. I hope Dan's doing well. Ask Dan. Uh, that's Sam's brother. For those listening, Dan, if you're listening, what up, dog? <laughs> um, what was his rap name? Do you remember Element? No. Oh, it was um um. Pro. Sub pro. Sub pro. Sub pro. I'm sure I still have his t-shirt somewhere. You, anyway. Um, he would appreciate that. He is now a, a lawyer with a very successful law firm. Oh, good for him. People don't know that he had bars back in the day. <laughs> uh, who else was, was great for the 76ers? Oh, I always liked Theo uh, Ratliff. Oh, yeah. Big fan of Theo Ratliff. Hey, you want to talk a little Bulls? Tony oh, Kukoc. Tony Kukoc had a very nice run with the Sixers. I know, I know, and you know, ah, man, the seventy, the Philly is kind of like the the Washington. It, it's where players go after they're great. Yeah, man. Like uh, those that Chris Webber season must have been. I don't know if you were watching basketball then. I was. Yes, I was. What was that like? Because I was uh, I was coming off down off something for that was probably I was in a I don't know what happened that year. It's one of your one of your years where you were missing from the NBA. Yeah. What uh, What happened that year? Can I mean, you tell it, me about that year. It was. I can't find anything on YouTube. No, it's <laughs> it's okay. There's nothing on YouTube to see. Uh, it was the. They went through a revolving door of players to try to kind of compliment Iverson. And Weber was sort of in that mix. You know, early on, after they went to the finals in 01, the Sixers then, you know, they went and got, you know, they had Keith Van Horn to play with Iverson. Then they got Matt Harpring. Uh, then they brought in um, Glenn Robinson was here for a bit. Uh, oh, the big dog. Oh, wow. the, the big dog was here at a very forgettable time in his career. You know, right right between being amazing with the Bucks and winning a championship in his last year with the Spurs, he had some forgettable time with the Sixers. Uh, yeah. Um, so, and then, went like, the yeah, he went to the Hawks for a harp. It was ugh, just not worth mentioning. Um, but okay. Weber came in in that same time. This was also um, post-Sacramento Kings. I think we were the first team he came to uh, after the Kings. Because then he bounced around. Then he was like, he had a season with the Pistons. And then he had like, he played like three or four games with the Warriors before he retired. Um, Yep. But it was, it was that, it was that. That's when I came back to basketball, actually, was that last year that Chris Webber. Was back on the uh, Warriors? When, when uh, when he played for the Pistons. I came in that playoffs is Mm. when I was like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah, and I think I think he was traded at the deadline from the Sixers to the Pistons. And there was a little bit of that. And the Pistons were still kind of like 
the 04 Pistons, but they were slowly getting dismantled. Like, I think the first one to leave was Ben Wallace. And I, I kind of feel like I think Weber took over Ben Wallace's job that year in the playoffs. Like, I think the starting line was Chauncey, Rip Hamilton, Tayshon, Rashid. And I think Weber was the fifth starting line because I think at that point Ben Wallace had gone yeah. to the Bulls. Yeah, I think Weber didn't get traded. I think he got bought out. Yes. And and then he signed with the but but forget the Pistons. Tell me about that Sixers year with Weber. Like because he, I know he averaged over twenty points a game. But it was it was it was hollow numbers because they weren't winning games. They were not winning games. Um, you know, it was the same old story with the Sixers. He didn't have a supporting cast. Um, he didn't fit in well with Iverson and the others. You know, Iverson had a lot of difficulty fitting in with anybody. Um, and anyone who was kind of a, a name or a high caliber player, you know, they also had difficulty fitting in with Iverson. This was like a time when you had Iverson, you had Iguodala, and then you had like a rotate. And Iguodala it was good, but he was young. You know, he didn't score as much. And it was hard for him to kind of come into his own. It was hard for anyone to come into their own when they're playing with Iverson. Um, so you had Iverson, you had Iguodala, and then Weber came in, and it was it was that feeling. He was still kind of considered Chris Weber. He still had that, you know, that gl- that gl- you know glisten to him. So there was a feeling like he was going to come in and produce. And from a numbers perspective, he absolutely produced. He could still score, but. You know, the defense wasn't there, the supporting cast wasn't there, and the Sixers were not going to the playoffs. And that was actually right around the same time that I think the Sixers proceeded to blow up their team and do a little rebuilding. They traded Iverson roughly around that same time. I want to say this was all around 2009. They trade Iverson to the Nuggets. They bought out Chris Webber. Oh, who did they trade Iverson? Okay, they traded Iverson to the Denver Nuggets. Um, I actually, I just looked this up the other day. It was December 20th, 2009. They trade him to the Nuggets for two future first-round picks and Andre Miller and Joe Smith. Joe Smith, my Maryland guy. Yeah, you know Joe Smith, the, uh, the number one pick who shouldn't have been the number one pick. Yeah, but that draft class was terrible. I think Damon Stoudemire won the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he was picked like seventh or eighth, twelfth. He was he was late in yeah. the draft, and I think he got was he picked by the Blazers? I think he was picked or by the Raptors. The Ra- Raptors yeah. picked by the Raptors, then he got traded to the Blazers. Yeah, a few years later, he yeah. was one of the highest paid players in the NBA. Oh, you know, um, yes, he was. You know Andre Miller is top five. Um, league leaders all time in assists. I can absolutely believe that because when he got when he came to the Sixers in that Iverson deal, I'm gonna give him credit, man. He was great on the Sixers. He had a good two three year stretch on this Sixer team where he was very legitimate. And listen, he wasn't Iverson, but he brought an awful lot to the table. And for a while there, it was like the Andre Miller Iguodala show. Point game, I feel like, and that dude couldn't jump over a sheet of paper. No, no, can't jump at all. But he's, dude, he's a he's a cerebral player. He's a smart player. Knows, I mean, smart guys like that know how to survive in the league after their legs and their and their athleticism goes. I mean, just ask Paul Pierce. All right, he knows he doesn't have to run up and down the court as hard as he used to. He just knows where to be when he needs to be there. Yeah, exactly. But he's. 
Paul Pierce is come on, dog. He's done. He's the truth. <laughs> He's yeah, it's he the, the it's the truth that his career's over. Yeah, I was like, truth is. <laughs> the truth is, yeah. I don't know if he should be playing basketball for an NBA team anymore. Maybe it's just Doc Rivers being like, I'll throw you a bone, Paul. Doc Rivers, man. Classic case of GM and coach not getting along. Dude. Unfortunately, they're the same person. Dude, he is. Doc Rivers, the GM, I would, I would have fired him two years ago. Doc Rivers, the coach, I don't mind. Dude, I'll tell you this, man. I, I finally, like. Uh, you know, I'm doing not great, but well enough that I could split some season tickets with a few guys this year for the Clippers. Nice, nice. And they are not a fun team to watch. Yeah, I've been watching them. Dude, they complain at every call. I mean, they just, they're like another team that you just don't think is having a very good time. Yeah. They just like, like the Warriors... I will give them this. Man, they look like a they look like a little league basketball team of just <laughs> best friends that love love to play basketball together. Yeah. And and the Clippers like it's the same thing. Like somebody makes a big shot and they're just like, "Well, I guess we got to play more basketball." Oh, God. But that being said, I I didn't witness a better basketball player this year than Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, what what he did, and again, I saw him play the most out of anyone. Yeah. But what he did on with that team of Clippers with Jamal Crawford, um, congrats on Sixth Man of the Year, but having a considerably down year for yeah. Jamal Crawford. I agree. Shooting wise, I agree. Um, DeAndre Jordan basically not playing in fourth quarters of close games. Correct. Mike Griffin being out for most uh, of the season. Young. Yeah, I mean, the train wreck that was the Lance and Josh Smith deal, Paul Pierce being uh, deteriorated, Luke Mbaamute being your starting power forward. I mean, dude, he had scrap metal. Yeah. And he won games, multiple games. I watched him win single-handedly by just doing that, like, weird dribble around under the basket, turnaround jumper from, like, 10, 12, 13 feet away, like, getting to the elbow making threes when it mattered, like distributing the ball, screaming at people to just please be intelligent. Yeah. Please be intelligent. Austin Rivers, who, you know. Doc the GM. I hate. Yeah, look, I I'm, I don't like Austin Rivers. It's really, really, I just don't like him. I don't think but you're alone. He has, he has spurts where you're like, oh, this guy can play basketball, but he is the quintessential way too much confidence like confidence versus skill and the confidence level is super high and the skill level is uh is that of a, like a regular ninth or tenth man yeah and um and it's just what chris paul did this year is a, is phenomenal and it's going to be a it's a shame if he doesn't win a championship yeah. i don't even think he's been to the western conference nope. final he has not he's never been out of the second round they were so close last year that is um that's a shame, man. Like, they should trade. They should trade. I don't know somebody. Somebody they should trade Kyrie. They should trade Kyrie for Chris Paul, and he should go to the Cavs and go into beast mode. Just, just throw him a bone. Because I think about Chris Paul, and I think about the fact that he came out of the same draft as Darren Williams, 
And Darren Williams is like a shell of himself. He's such a joke now. He's so, I mean, he's not over the hill, but he's, you know, he's nothing near what he was three, four, five years ago. And Chris Paul really doesn't look like he's lost anything at all. And you said it. I mean, he was the MVP of that team this year. They went and, you know, they went and moved heaven and earth to bring DeAndre Jordan back. But Chris Paul is doing all of this with, with J.J. Redick at his side. Oh, J.J. Redick also. That dude is, is good. Dude, give it up for J.J. Redick, man. He was a big... He, he and Chris Paul feel like the only people who are actually out there, you know, being like, so we're going to win tonight, right, guys? J.J. puts in work, man. That yeah. guy runs more than anyone. He's got a atrociously bad... Um, sleeve tattoo now he got yeah. like an arm tattoo i saw that for like 20 games into the season it's just covered in vaseline while he was playing it was really weird <laughs> but but other than that extreme misstep in judgment he was really really good yeah he was great do you um, um uh do you think that they if they go to round two with the warriors i mean first off warriors clippers that's gonna be a hell of a series because those two teams do not like each other um, it. I mean, I don't. I don't really know if they can get out of that. But it's like again, it's a shame. Are they ever really? Are they going to get past them? Could they get to the conference finals and like slay the Warriors? No, not, no. not a chance. No, no, they can't. They, what, don't, they don't have enough. They don't have enough bodies. How many games would it go? These six games, seven games, four. Dude, come on! Wow. The Clippers cannot beat the Warriors in a. Maybe they get one. Maybe the Warriors win in five. But this is a team that won 73 games. Yeah. What? They're going to get to the playoffs, and all of a sudden, they're not like the 98 Bulls. Like, there's no Gary Payton in the NBA. No. Like, that's why the Bulls, like, stormed through the playoffs, and then they they kind of took their – they got to the finals, and that's when they relaxed a little bit. And they had one of the greatest – probably the best defensive guard ever in Gary Payton. Yeah. Guard Michael Jordan. Um, but there's nobody like that in the NBA anymore. No. Uh, and there is one guy, his name is Draymond Green, and he plays for the fucking Warriors. Yeah, he play, <laughs> so, he's on the same team with all the other Goliaths of the league right now. Yeah, so, I mean, come on. It's, it, I, I just I saw the Clippers play enough to know that they don't have what it takes to beat great teams yeah. um, at the end of games. It's they just, just it's, they don't have it. It's sad because they are a hell of a team, and I kind of wish there'd be more for Chris Paul. And and it's it's strange because it's like he's got a supporting cast. You're kind of thinking, like, why haven't they gotten over the hump yet? I mean, it's yeah. like they're stagnating. He, uh, he, you know, the playoffs is um, – Hyper concentrated, so weaknesses become glaringly obvious. And when your best player is also your best distributor and your best defender and your best crunch time player, it's very easy to neutralize that. And so they don't really have a fighting chance against the team with so many weapons because, as great as Chris Paul is uh, in a seven game series, he can't do it by himself. And Blake uh, is not the Blake of last year because of injuries and, yeah. and he's, whatever. He's not but, 100%. Yeah, so you, you can't really do anything with Chris Paul, a bum Blake Griffin, uh, a center who can't shoot free throws. I mean, you're – and I mean, he rebounds, misses free throws, and dunks. That's all he does. The yeah. Warriors 
All the Warriors have to do is bring Draymond Green in, move DeAndre out to the three-point line, game over, done. Yeah. Get the F out of town. That's, I don't know if it's, I could have uh, said it better myself. I think the Thunder have the biggest chance of giving OKC, I mean, excuse me, the Warriors trouble because you have two of the top five players in the league yeah. who, who can... Uh, who can win the game? Dude, just the two of them. Dude, which, what did you think of what did you think of Billy Donovan as the coach this year? Because it felt like it He's felt bad. like there was one too many games where the Thunder fell apart in the fourth quarter. And I'm sitting here going, "You got two of the top five players in the league on your team. What's going on?" I think the two teams that led the league in fourth quarter losses when leading. Going in were the 76ers and the OKC Thunder, and the Thunder had more. God. So Billy Donovan is just not a very good strategist. Uh, they're doing the same things they did when Scott Brooks, who uh, I think the Wizards just picked up as a head coach. As a matter of um, fact, that's exactly right. Um, so, look, OKC is the same thing. Like Their game plan is so simple that in a playoff series, they can just get decimated if, if those players... I mean, you saw it the other night. Kevin Durant had a horrible shooting night in the Mavericks. The fucking Mavericks yeah. won. Yeah. And they win because they've got probably, the right right now, one of the top three coaches in the league. Right? Carlisle. Dude, I would yeah. take Rick Carlisle right now. Oh, yeah. You'd be so lucky if the 76ers could get Rick oh, Carlisle. Oh, my God. win 35 games. Dude, come on, man. That guy would automatically just improve the win total by 10 or 15 games. I mean, that's a hell of a coach there. Yeah, man. So, like, but you saw Durant couldn't shoot well, and they lost. It's just that simple because they don't get, they don't have a system that that gets everyone involved. What they have is two guys playing isolation basketball, which in a playoff series with, with a, it just isn't going to work. No. When you can play zone, when you can play zone defense, like, it's done. Yeah, and, and oh, you're no. talking about that can win you, like, a game. You know, two guys playing amazing ball. Yeah, you could maybe win a game, two games against a good team. But, I mean, you put them up against a Spurs team, you know, I just see Popovich sending out, you know, a Boris Dial, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, Danny Green lineup and just grinding them away, taking Westbrook and Durant out of the game and saying, all right, Kyle Singler, score on us. Okay, you know, Andre Robertson, hit the three while, you know, under pressure in the fourth quarter. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Andre Robertson, that's not a situation I want to be in if I'm him. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm really skeptical, you know, about I'm I'm starting to sit back and wonder what the GM for the the Thunder, Sam Presti. I'm like, is he really know what the hell he's doing cuz he's done he's made some great draft picks, but you know, that James Harden trade doesn't look particularly good. And, you know, aside from Westbrook and Durant um, and, and Ibaka. Yeah, I mean, Ibaka never peaked the way that we all thought he would. Yeah. Um, he's plateaued into a, a decent player, but we all thought he was going to be like a Rodman type or, a, yeah. you know, he could have even been like a, a new school Carl Malone. Yeah. You know? But, um, you know, he's kind of like Andre Kirilenko in the way where you're like, oh, this guy looked like he was going to be incredible, but he stayed exactly the same. Yeah, like um, four years went by and he's still just doing the same thing and he hasn't like, you know, he hasn't equated to better team play and more wins. Yeah, 
And then the other thing is, is like, Harden wanted to go. There was no way they were going to keep Harden, and there was no way they could keep Reggie Jackson. Those guys wanted their own team. Yeah, they did. And they wouldn't have, I mean, that's not on Presti. Those guys wouldn't, there's no way they would have stayed. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know, man. I just hope that Scott Brooks being on the Wizards makes Durant come, but it won't. <laughs> Uh, you know, let's uh, let's talk about the Wizards real quick. So, give me a few thoughts on your team, baby. It was a rough year. Yeah, I mean, Beal is made out of porcelain. Yeah, which he, is a shame. It's sad. he's so good too. He's really good, and we just can't get a healthy year. It's just Washington, man. Dude. Jordan comes ends his career. Bernard King ends his career here. Moses Malone ends his career here. Mitch Richmond, uh, Juwan Howard yep. gets signed to a hundred and twenty million dollar deal by the Miami Heat. Never has an All Star season again. Chris Webber dislocates his shoulder, leaves, and then becomes a super duper force. You know, we had Mark Price at the end of his career, and he blew out his friggin' knee. Who else did we have that? I mean, I'm sure there are players in the '80s and, and in the '70s uh, that also came to Washington to die or left early, like Rip Hamilton, yeah. Ben Wallace. Oh, man, the list goes on. I mean, they had Sheed for a heartbeat, man. Rashid Wallace, who we traded for Rod Strickland. So, I mean, and Strickland got third-team All-NBA. Yeah. When they were healthy, Rod Strickland, Chris Webber, Juwan Howard, Calvert Chaney, and George Mirasan were fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, But the Wizards, John Wall tried so hard, man. Yeah. And but the thing is, is he is a giver. John Wall is a pure point guard with a ton of speed, who does not, I think, at his core, want to be scoring twenty-two points a game. Yeah. And he's trying extremely hard for those points. Yeah. He's not a great pure shooter. What he is freaking amazing at is penetrating a defense, seeing the court. He's learned how to control his speed. Uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal point guard. I think he is one of the top three point guards in the league. I, I agree. Mean, I agree. It's like Chris Paul. Uh, who else is really good? Chris Paul. Uh, Rondo gets numbers. But Rondo gets numbers, but his defense is friggin' atrocious. But I think John Wall, in terms of pure point guards, is like the man, dude. And you're sitting here now saying he's a giver. Who's he going to give it to? I mean, you really wish yeah. you wish Beal is playing, but like you know, I love Gortat. Uh, I think Marching Gortat him. is he great. great he had a great season. It's just again, it didn't equate to wins. I mean, there's a there's a lot of things to be positive well, look, about they, with this Wiz team. Otto Porter Jr. Thank had you. an amazing playoffs last year. Yes. Uh, he really played well, and we all thought, I picked him up in fantasy because I thought that this guy was going to take the leap. He mm-hmm. did not take the leap. No, he didn't. He got sick, or he hurt his hip around the all-star break, and mm-hmm. he just never came back from that. He was starting to put some really good games together, but he couldn't stay healthy. Nene yep. is a, Nene is like, uh, he's old. Yeah. He's he's old and he does not seem like he wants to play basketball. Yeah. Any, and we kind of got a sense of that last year when Horford beat him out for that rebound yeah. and uh, just effort, you know. Yeah. Drew Gooden, Drew Gooden is washed up. You know, Jared Dudley was injured all year. Yeah. Alan Henderson was injured all year. Yeah. Kelly Oubre Jr. had a really awesome dunk in the last game, but didn't really. I mean, he's a 
he's a rookie, so I mean that's to be expected. Garrett Temple is another one of these uh, Eric Gordon or Ish Smith types where yeah. it's like when he's on, he's on, and when he's not, he should be out of the fucking game. Yeah. He should not be playing. Like he shouldn't be playing thirty-eight minutes. Like he, you put him in. If he makes his first three shots, you keep him in. If he misses his first three shots, you take him out. Yeah. That's the type of. That he's like a Nick Van Exel type in yeah. that way, or maybe later later years Nick Van Exel, yeah. he's a heat check guy. Absolutely. But and I, I was I really mean, on the fence about them keeping Whitman this year. Whitman, I'm, I guess you couldn't fire him after the because the last two seasons. They just presented such a feeling of optimism. They got to the second round of the playoffs. They had a good. They got to the second round and they were competitive. Yeah. Like they, they took the. Like how the fuck did they fall off a cliff? They gave it to the Pacers and they gave it to the Hawks. Yeah. Uh, I think injuries, and I just think last year that they were a defense first team, and in the playoffs they sort of struck lightning in a bottle with Paul Pierce at the four. Yeah. And they tried they tried to do this um, four around one, which is really pos- uh, uh, popular now because of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they tried to switch their whole identity on the fly. The problem was, is the dude that made that possible, Paul Pierce, is gone. Yeah. And I think that it's, um, it's probably no small coincidence that he left and the team felt like it didn't have an emotional center anymore. Yeah. I um, I, I mean, I certainly saw that because it was Paul Pierce last year, and I don't know if he was the emotional center, but he definitely uh, played the, that role the year before. Trevor Ariza, two years ago, they had Trevor Ariza. And, I mean, he was excellent for them in the playoffs. And it just, you know... It took, I remember when after that season, he then signs with the Rockets, and I'm sort of like, man, you know, I know he's going and getting his, but it's like, dude, Washington's going to need to fill that gap, and thank God they filled it with Paul Pierce, but still, you're sitting there going, you know, we had a good thing going, and we really could have used that guy sticking around and not going and leaving and going somewhere else, and it's like, they got Paul Pierce the year after it, and then Pierce leaves, and it's sort of like, I don't know if anyone's filling that void. Well, then they got Allen Henderson, who was injured all year. Yeah, all year. Again, injuries. So maybe we could just chalk it up to injuries, but it's it's really disappointing. And for Wizards fans, you just you just say, "Well, here we go again." Yeah, I here you go. We just can't. We just can't do it. I mean, I'm sure Hawks fans feel similarly. Yeah, where it's just. Where you're just like for thirty plus years, you're like, well, here we go again. Yeah, it's like, Even those Dominique Wilkins Hawks never got out of the second round. And you're just hoping. Uh, you're like, you know what? Uh, you know, can can this team hold it together? I mean, and and even for you know, you talk about the Hawks. The Hawks are sort of having a little bit of a you know a, a, a rejuvenation right now. They won sixty games last season. This year, they're they're definitely still competitive, but. You know, it wasn't that long ago that they almost, you know, had to go through a rebuild of their own. Like there was a time when Joe Johnson and Josh Smith and, uh, you know, and a little bit of Kirk Heinrich, you know, early sort of Jeff Teague days, you know, they were in the like that year when the Celtics won the championship, the first round, it was that Hawks team against the Celtics and they went to seven games. Um, 
but you're still sitting here going, here we go again, because, you know, as great as the Hawks were last year, then they get swept by the Cavs. And it kind of really puts in perspective. It's like, you know, if we don't have one of these superstars, do we have any any optimism that we're going to go to get over the hill? And I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, I was at those games in Atlanta last year when they played the Cavs. We were, we were shooting the uh, Barbershop movie. All right, and, right. Uh, nice, nice. That's right. I heard on the podcast you were watching it with the cast. Or no, you uh, were yeah, watching the yeah. finals with the cast. Yeah, we went to, I went to a couple of those Eastern Conference Finals games with the Cavs. Um, was that the finals, Eastern Conference Finals? I think it was. Yeah, was it Cavs um, and the Hawks where they swept them in four games? Yeah, so I think the Hawks just peaked too soon last year, and it's the opposite this year. They like they peaked much later. And I, I agree. Think that's good. I agree. They um, were they they had a big chunk in the middle of the season where they were really like having trouble winning games. But then after the All Star break, they came on and they came on hot. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, the Wizards hopefully will do better, but John Wall needs a guy. They need a free agent, man. They need yeah. somebody who can. It's just so hard because what they need only exists in the form of Draymond Green right now. (laughs) And Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and there's only one of each of those guys, and they're all on the same goddamn team. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's unfair. Do you you have any positivity about Scotty Brooks getting hired as the coach? Yeah, sure, man. He's a good guy. We need a change. He's got champion. He's been to the championship. He's been to three or four Western Conference finals. He's won a championship with the Rockets. Yeah. Like, Randy Whitman was on those Hawks teams that lost to the, the Bird Celtics. You know you know that game, the famous game, the duel between uh, Wilkins and Bird, where they went back and forth and back and forth? Yes, I do. I think Randy Whitman scored like 27 points in that game. You what? Know, like a big, yeah, dude, that guy used to be able to stroke it, but what I'm saying is he doesn't have a history of winning, and Scotty Brooks does. Yeah. And I think that really matters. And I think also he's a point guard, and uh, he can talk to John Wall and help him distribute. And I, I, I don't know, man. Like he would have been great. I think Vinny Del Negro, Mark Jackson, yeah, would have been good choices. Um, I don't think Jeff Van Gundy was looking to coach, but I think he would have been really good. Mm-hmm. Just some. What the Wizards really need more than anything is somebody, whoever he brings on as a, as an assistant coach needs to have a really strong defensive scheme because when that team full of young players plays solid defense and you know focused and and um uh, earnest that's the wrong word but um, no but it it elevates them when they get locked in on a defensive end you see how powerful john wall being like i think john wall's a good defender He's a great defender. And, 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 you know, when you have the superstar leader of your team playing lockdown defense on maybe the ball handler of the other team, everyone else sort of gets in line. Marching Gortat's a good defensive player, you know, and you've got a whole bunch of young guys. you got Otto Porter, like Garrett Temple. These guys are at least young and athletic. They, they can be right. taught how to get back on defense and how to play proper defense, and that's coaching. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I just think it's hard – when you don't have any help and you have to play at 100 on offense, 
like something's got to go. Like one of them has to suffer, either offense or defense. Like it's very nobody's a robot. Somebody's got to rest sometimes. And if you're playing 40 minutes a game, that's like the argument for James Harden is like, well, he spends so much energy on offense that that's why he can't play defense. And it's like, dude, there's like there's a limit to how bad you are at defense. So no matter how tired you are, like. I'm about to go play basketball with my boys. They don't know I don't play defense because uh, my lungs don't work. <laughs> but but I'm not getting paid $25 million a year. Yeah. If you're getting paid $25 million a year, you got to make sure to get back. And you got to make at least at least show effort. When you're on national TV, swipe at the ball or something, man. Well, yeah, that's even worse. The ball swipe is no good. you got to, like... You gotta like at least step to the side. Like step to the side, try and take a charge. Like foul the dude. Don't let him just lay the ball up. Anyway, hey man, I got. I think I gotta run. You gotta head out. Listen, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Um, can I uh, plug you some more? Um, is there anything you want to mention before you go? Yeah. Well, uh, please go see Barbershop: The Next Cut in theaters. We got ninety-two percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoop, whoop. Great movie. All-star cast: Nicki Minaj, Cedric the Entertainer, Ice Cube, Common, Eve, Regina Hall, Lamorne Morris, Margot Bingham, Jasmine Lewis Kelly, myself, JB Smooth, Gian Cole, Anthony Anderson, Tyga. So I just—that's like a hall of fame of hip hop and comedy in one movie, and it is by far the best of all the shock movies. I guarantee you that. Dude, you, you're um, playing on the Team USA of casts right now. Yeah, man, and I have a new EP, Bang Bang, which is available on iTunes. And yeah, you can check out my podcast, Let's Talk About Me Baby, at HeadGum, and on iTunes, and wherever podcasts are sold and streamed. Well, awesome, man. Dude, I, uh, as always, everyone, you know me. You can check out me on my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Uh, you can um, tweet at me at uh, my Twitter handles, at SmithFaceJones. Utkarsh's is at UTK, the INC. Yep, at U-T-K-T-H-E-I-N-C. There you go. Tweet at both of us. Talk to us. Let us know what you think. Holler at us. Check out the movie. It's worth it, guys. It's worth it. Udi. Dude, you're the bomb diggity. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Much love, brother. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon, bro. All right, take it easy. All right, peace.